0: Today our passage is from Hebrews chapter 7 verses 15 to 28 and as, as I was thinking of that passage it reminded me of a time when I was pastoring a church and as you walk down the long hallway you would see all down the hallway the pictures of all the pastors who had served that church right from the first right down to the one before me and the years that they had served and uh, they kept asking me for my headshot my picture and I struggled with that, but I must say that towards the end of my 14 years there, I finally did uh, concede and had a headshot done and my uh, picture went up on the wall. See, pastors will come and pastors will go and many people will tell you that some were better than others, but eventually all pastors will come to a time when their role or their office comes to an end and they're laid to rest because ultimately we are all temporary. Much like the high priests who served Israel. Actually, the truth today, in the midst of all that we're going through, everything is temporary, isn't it? Here today, gone tomorrow. And so the historian Josephus estimated that 83 different high priests served between Aaron and the fall of the temple in 70 AD turnover was the norm with little consistency or security because everything was temporary and so in hebrews 7 today we're dealing with the reality uh, of the fact that this priesthood was temporary but there is one jesus who is our high priest and he's unlike those who are temporary we can see today that jesus is my permanent high priest Look at verses 23 to 25. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in the office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Because Jesus is our permanent high priest, he can save completely or some versions will say save forever jesus's salvation my friends today is complete because his priesthood is permanent the greek word here for permanent means unbreakable unchangeable Therefore, Jesus brings stability to our temporary world and our lives around us. Everything else can change, but the writer to Hebrews reminds us he won't because he tells us in chapter 13, verse 8, you know the scripture, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, there's a new priesthood this chapter deals with, and also throughout the whole book of Hebrews, there is this new priesthood of the order of Melchizedek. Often we just read over that. We don't understand the significance. See, Israel's exodus out of Egypt, God had set up this tabernacle that they might worship him in the wilderness. And God provided a way for his people to come to him and to be forgiven of their sins through offerings that were prescribed by the law that Moses had given them. And this priesthood was now set up as the descendants of Aaron and the Levites, the tribe of Levi. And they were the ones chosen to act as these in goal go betweeners between god and the rest of israel and so what were the priests to do we mentioned this before but the priest he he was that person who was to bring the people to god but he was also the one who was to bring god down to the people and of course as a big part of that system was the sacrificial system so he constantly offered sacrifices for their sins But before Aaron, there was another priest, and his name is Melchizedek. You can find the story in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was priest. Of God most high, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be the God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. See the back story to this in Genesis fourteen is the story of Abraham's nephew Lot. Lot and Abraham decided to go their separate ways and divide the territory because God was blessing them and their herd was so large that Lot decided to take the prime land and he settled in Sodom and Abraham went in the opposite direction. But there came a day when Abraham got a terrible message that the coalition of kings from the east had invaded that area of Sodom and enslaved all its inhabitants, and that including Lot and his family. Abraham immediately organized a rescue party. He caught up with the raiders and defeated them, recovering not only his nephew Lot and his family, but all of the people from Sodom, but including all of their wealth. And it was on his return home after such a great victory that Abraham is met by this mysterious priest known as Melchizedek. See, Melchizedek is not mentioned anywhere else until we now come into the book of Hebrews and we see this in chapter seven, this Melchizedek priesthood. A few things we can take and know from this passage about this mysterious priest, we know his name, we're told his name is Melchizedek, And Melchizedek is the compound of two Hebrew words, Melik, which means king, and Zadok, which means righteousness. So we're told he is the king of righteousness. We're told about his uh, domain. He is the king of Jerusalem. How, How do we know it's Jerusalem? Because it says Salem. Salem was an ancient name, the ancient name for Jerusalem, the holy city. And then there was that coming together of two names, where we get Jerusalem uh and and that's the name we know today but uh the meaning of the name Salem is peace and so we know he is the king of God's holy city of Jerusalem and he is the king of peace does that sound familiar And we know about his genealogy or the lack of it because verse 3 tells us in chapter 7 that Melchizedek is without father, without mother, without genealogy. And so the kingship of Israel could only trace their roots back to David. Remember, everything starts with King David. And the priesthood, as we talked about, uh, over Israel could trace their roots back to Aaron and the tribe of Levi. But there is one... This Melchizedek, who was both king and priest, who resided in Jerusalem, the city of a God, long before David and long before Aaron. And he, was, he had no genealogy. Therefore, he is, he is permanent and eternal. We know it's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In John eight fifty six to 58, Jesus said this to the Jews. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet even 50 years old. How have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. See, through our permanent, eternal high priest, Jesus Christ, God is doing a new thing. And there is this new priesthood. And through Jesus, it is a priesthood that is forever. It is like when a, the words that are used here, it's like when a judge lays down a decision that cannot be revoked. It's done. It is final, period. Therefore, this priesthood can never be taken away from him. And he will remain in that office forever. God is saying, in essence, I'm going to send someone to straighten out the mess you have created. I'm going to change the priesthood. I'll get a faithful priest, one who is able to redeem my people so you won't have to do these animal sacrifices anymore. A priest where people will be able to have access to my throne and they won't have to go into Jerusalem and into the temple to speak to me. I'm going to change the temporary old covenant priesthood into a new covenant priesthood. And there's going to be one permanent, loyal priest to me, and he is my son, the living God. Jesus is our permanent high priest. Therefore, our salvation, my friends, today is secure in him. Our future is secure in all those things around us that are temporary, And praise God today, our hope in him is secure. Uh, I was thinking of that wonderful hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. So what does that say to us today? Well, then, my friends, you can hold on to that. We know that we talk about faith as an anchor. And I've been reminded, I said that this week to someone, when I saw and heard the story of sailors that were facing such a terrible storm that they were afraid of being taken overboard, they would literally tie themselves to the mast of the ship, that which was fixed, in order that they could get through the storm and survive it. And I want to tell you today, we can tie ourselves to Christ, our high priest, and he's going to hold us fast, and he will get us through any storms that we are facing. But Jesus is not just my permanent high priest, Jesus is my perfect high priest, My salvation is complete in him. Look at verses 26 to 28. Such a high priest truly meets our needs. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. See, Jesus is unlike the high priests of history. He is holy, he is blameless, he's pure, he's set apart from his sinners, and he's exalted, he's the exalted one, exalted above the heavens. The priests that Jesus encountered when he walked the earth, as we see in the Gospels, were far from perfect. They had drifted from their original calling. When the people came to them to confess their sins and offer sacrifices, the priests were judgmental, unmerciful, harsh, and aloof. They looked their noses down at people. They had a holier-than-thou attitude. And so they, instead of drawing people closer to God, were making people feel that they could not come close to God, that God was rejecting them, that God was judging them. That God did not care for them or understand them. But not so, my friends, with our perfect high priest, Jesus Christ. See, the high priest, before he offered the sacrifices for sin, would have to deal with his own sin on the Day of Atonement. And so he would have to uh, offer, do washing and cleansing and offer uh, sacrifices for his own sin before he could go and offer sacrifices for the sin of of his nation but jesus never needed to make a sacrifice for his sins because he was sinless jesus was the sinless son of god perfect in every way and he who was perfect and sinless does the most remarkable thing he now offers himself for us sinful humanity And so Jesus is the perfect priest, but here's what's interesting. He is also the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we see now this new perfect covenant being birthed. The ancient covenant between Israel and God in Exodus 24, the people agreed to obey God's law. And so the old covenant was kept because the priest would constantly after sacri- offer sacrifices because the law was constantly being breached. Now hear me right, the old system was ordained by God and it was good, but God is saying it was only a picture uh, uh, of what God was wanting to do and he was making a better way. Through Jesus, a new kind of relationship has begun with God. The new covenant is based on love and, and his perfect sacrifice, not on my achievements or your achievements or the achievements of men. And the new perfect covenant is based on God's love and God gives it to us as a wonderful gift. We can do nothing to deserve it. And so I challenge you with this hard question today. Do you know him? Have you accepted him as your sacrifice that he was sacrificed for you and for your sins? Have you accepted what he has done for you? Jesus is this perfect priest who offered once and for all the best that he had, the perfect sacrifice. See, no other priest had ever done that. They continued to offer sacrifice after sacrifice, but those sacrifices were never enough. They were temporal. Jesus offered the one perfect sacrifice himself, and now no other sacrifice is ever needed. He is sufficient. His death on the cross is sufficient once and for all. The word perfection actually means completeness. And, and, and see, God has this great final purpose that he has been drawing all of humanity towards. And what is that purpose? It's God's intention to redeem the whole world to himself for god so loved the world and he is doing this through this perfect high priest jesus christ and his perfect sacrifice so as i begin to bring this message to a close today i like what somebody said jesus our high priest saved you initially the moment you came to him in faith we call that justification And he is also saving you continually, which we call sanctification. And praise God, there will come a day (laughs) when he will save you perfectly in heaven. And we call that glorification. What should this do for us? This should bring gratitude. This should bring for us today a sense of assurance, as we already spoke about. This should bring for us today a sense of hope, even in this temporary fallen world where nothing seems to make sense in these days. But there are a few things in closing I want us to realize if all of this is true. We have a high priest today who understands. How do we know that? Look back in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we are. And therefore he can sympathize and empathize with us. He empathizes with our weaknesses he came in the flesh so he could experience our weaknesses and our temptations. He experienced hunger, pain, rejection, hatred, injustice, thirst, need, desire, temptation, betrayal, ridicule, love, hate, warmth, cold, exhaustion, elation, and sadness, and so on and so on. So that says to me that whatever you are going through today, you have a high priest who understands completely. You have never gone through or never will go through anything in the future he doesn't understand. Any temptation, any attack, any mistreatment, or anything, he understands it all firsthand. We think of that statement, been there, done that. Well, Jesus has been there and done that. We also have a high priest who doesn't just understand us, but this to me is so powerful and it was life-changing for me when I understood this and it changed my prayer life. We have a high priest who intercedes for us. Verse 25 in our passage today in chapter 7 says, because he always lives to intercede for them. That's the role of a priest. We talked about that last week. On earth, Jesus said, He came to serve and not be served. We were amazed that the God of the universe came in the flesh to serve mankind. That's so humbling. But i want you to realize something today that even though he's exalted and at the right hand of the father he is still serving humanity broken fallen sinful humanity in the fact that he is there at the right hand of the father still praying and interceding for you and interceding for me romans 8 34 reminds us of that when paul said christ jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of god and is also interceding for us do you realize today that there is a heavenly prayer meeting going on that now jesus is there praying for you and praying for me This should change our prayer life because if I can just envision that when I close my eyes to begin to start to pray, if I can envision that Jesus himself has already been praying before I even bow my head and I get to enter into his prayer meeting and I get to pray, Lord, how would you pray today? How would you be praying for me? How would you be praying for my family? How would you be praying for my church family? How would you be praying for my my province and my country, the world? How would you be praying? Praying today, and I get to listen and sense what he's praying and say, Amen, Jesus, Amen, may it be so. When I look at it that way, prayer is not a burden or a job, but prayer is a joy and a delight. Jesus, our high priest, gives us access to God, my friends. God's dwelling place on earth for the longest time was only in that Holy of Holies, that one day of the year that the high priest could go in and make atonement for the people. Now through Christ and his perfect sacrifice, everyone everywhere has free access to God always. So chapter four, verse 16 of Hebrews says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God, through Jesus Christ today, uh, he invites you to approach God boldly. Are you afraid of your circumstances? go boldly to God's throne. Uh, Are you sorry for your sins? Go boldly to God's throne through Christ. Are you hurting? Go boldly to God's throne. Are you in need? Go boldly to the throne of God. Oh, my friends, today we have that permanent high priest. We have that perfect high priest who offered himself as the perfect sacrifice and it means today that we can indeed intercede and that we have free access to god and that should give us all strength in these temporal busy crazy days to hold on and to hold on to him fast may god help us to do so in jesus name amen God bless.